What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Goal Podcast, episode 16. My name is Christian Brady, zooming in from Massachusetts. That's Matt Tiart over in Virginia. Matt, how are you doing? What is up? It's been I'm, a while, Matt. I know. I missed your beautiful face uh, <laughs> for rocking the jerseys. Yeah, I know. I wish I had my patch on. I don't, but. Well, you know. Yeah. So today, isn't today the uh, anniversary of y'all's cup? Nine. It is, of 20, 2011. Yeah. Congrats. Yep. Yeah, thanks. Congrats on uh, 2018. Yeah. So, hockey's back? Um, yeah. I think that's the right way to say it. I think I'm, I'm glad there's some hockey, new hockey news that we can we can get to. So, I'm excited. Exactly. Good Gold Podcast is back, hopefully on a regular basis, and uh, let's go. I'm ready for hockey. Yeah, yeah and um, some of you are watching us on YouTube right now, which is our YouTube debut. We figured we're going to have this video, so why not just upload it onto YouTube? We can start doing some extra things now, now that we got the YouTube going, so we're excited for the future of the pod. Exactly. Um, we, we were going to do Zoom anyway, just so we could have a better way of communicating than over the phone. Um, this way we can go over our 30 minutes with technical difficulties. And then also got some big things planned for the fall, bringing in players possibly on zoom as well. Um, mm-hmm. so big, big things coming. The best is yet to come for the, the GG podcast. That's right. That's right. So why don't we get right into it? Uh, phase one started a few weeks ago and just as of a couple, a week ago now, Phase two of the NHL reopening process is live and in progress. And what comes with that is facilities are open with restrictions. Six players are allowed on the ice at a time, as well as limited staff. Um, The rest of the facilities are open, such as, you know, training rooms and stuff. Um, I think there's as little human-to-human contact as possible. I don't know how that works with trainers and injuries and stuff like that. But we do know that players are being tested every day and so are faculty staff everyone like that so the risk is as minimized as possible it sounds like as of now as they get ready to move forward yeah so uh six players is obviously the right number um you got you know that's one line right uh 2d and a goalie um that's enough to practice that's enough to get quality passes in some scenario game scenarios and yeah so it makes sense to me and I'm, I'm glad that they're testing every day um only a couple of sports have been back so we have the UFC which is like one-on-one they test three times a week um NASCAR which mm-hmm. they pay attention to apparently they're going to start having fans at NASCAR races and just spread them out um yeah and then golf yeah. fans so this is the first like team sport that's that's starting to get the ball rolling. Uh, NBA has came out with their schedule, but they're not, as far as I know, they're not practicing. So yeah, no. Hockey is just taking the ball and running with it and and getting things going for this uh, live sports again. And it's no surprise, is it? Because MLB is taking forever to figure it out. And for them, it's not a matter of whether it's safe to do it. It's a weather of it's a matter of how much money each side is going to get from it. But the NHL was like, we're not worried about it. It is easier because they got most of the season and so players were paid most of their salary. But either way, 
the NHL was able to get through it, you know, pretty quickly. And they have now yeah. have dates in place to get things ro- rolling. And you're, like you said, they're the first sport to have people like on the ice or on the court, just getting working together now. And baseball makes no sense. Like I, I, I don't really get the money thing. I know the season hadn't started yet, but it's the sport that social distancing is allowed. Like mm-hmm. at least six feet from home to first, first to second pitching mat. Like everybody spread out naturally. Um, the only social distancing problem would be the hitter and the catcher and the ump, like right. in the dugout. But other than, I mean, you would think baseball has solved this by now. Like there's other baseball leagues going on already around the world. And the mm-hmm. South Korea, they're going. Yeah. And the MLB is making American baseball look bad. Uh, but this is a hockey podcast and the NHL is mm-hmm. right. So. Well, that's just the main point is that hockey got to figure it out before anyone else. So, yeah, we'll, um, we'll wear that as a badge of honor. I do want to point out that some players, although they haven't been mainstream yet, uh, some players have voiced their concern. One one player that comes to mind just because he's on the Capitals is Radko Gudis. He was saying that the NHL is not really taking into consideration the I'm trying to think of the right word, the risk factor, um, bringing players back together and stuff like that, the risk factor that comes with taking it back home to your family and things like that. Assuming with this hub city, all the players are going to be together, um, like you said, tested every day, and it's going to be like a closed network. So Mm -hmm. it can't get – the virus can't get in. Like if it's not in already, it can't get in. Right. I I remember Radko Gudis's point was you're you're risking players getting the coronavirus like but you won't take the risk of them getting injured during the Olympics. And that was such a good point because me and you have been on Bettman's case about the Olympics and it's like if you're going to take this risk why not take the two week risk of going to the Olympics? Mhm. So, yeah, it's just another factor of it. Yeah, where it's just, it's on Bedman at that point. It's, yeah, exactly. If we're if we're willing to do all this to make hockey happen, then what's standing in the way of sending guys to the Olympics? That's that's a really good point by Gouda. Yeah. So, but we'll sit. We'll see. Obviously, me and you have been very vocal about allowing NHL players in the Olympics, and now that the Olympics has been pushed back. Uh, to next year, and that's Summer Olympics. Yeah, I don't know how that affects Winter Olympics. I'm not sure that they've announced that yet. I would yeah. assume it would just happen the next year. I don't think they would. I, I'm hoping it's that's the case and it's on schedule um, because we, again, I've, t- I've said this a million times already. As we talked about before, the new CBA for the NHL will be right before the uh, Winter Olympics, which means it's a very good possibility that if Bettman switches his mentality about it, that it could be as soon as this Olympic, the, this coming winter mm-hmm. that we see NHL players and go USA because our, our roster would be stacked. Anyway. It would. It would. We'd have a legit chance. I miss you. I miss the podcast, but yeah. And we miss hockey. That's yeah. the main point. Yep. Yeah. 
Well, so, like we said, phase two underway now. Phase three is going to begin July 10th. They decided on that over the weekend, which is great news. They're getting the ball rolling on that. Training camp, if I'm not mistaken, typically is three weeks, and that's without any team contact beforehand. So that would set the beginning of that August as the target date for when the NHL returns, which I think at this point in the summer feels pretty good. Yeah. I thought about it this way, and this, like, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. We're going to have college football, which is my second favorite sport, and my number one favorite event in the history of ever, the NHL playoffs, at the same time. Everything's going to happen at the same time. It's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be awesome. I'm not even – Can't wait. I told someone the other day, I was like, I'm not going to have time to go to class. Obviously, that's a joke. But when I think about it, if they if they do NHL playoff games during the day, am and I going to chemistry or am I watching Game Six? <laughs> or maybe maybe both. Don't tell our professors, but exactly maybe both. And yeah, Phase Four would be the beginning of play, so they're getting right up there. Phase Three, um, just some details about that would be full standard training camp with restrictions wherever possible. So like gym time will be staggered instead of having 30 guys in the gym at one time, you, whatever you space it out. The good thing about this is that typically NHL practice arenas will have, I guess competition would be the way to say it because they have other people coming into it like youth teams. I know particularly at warrior ice arena in Brighton, which is the, the Bruins practice facility. They have the women's team, the Boston pride that play there youth teams, everything like that, high school teams. As of right now, none of that is competing. So these guys can get out six at a time. They could skate probably twice a day if they wanted to, and everybody would get on the ice at least once. And the same goes for the gym. So I don't think that's a main area of concern right now. No. Is that some people will have to not practice on a certain day because other people are. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have uh, any, like, scheduling conflicts because right. – there's nothing going on. So it should be like a clean slate to schedule practices and, and gym time and workouts and team meetings. And, and it's technology, it, it, as much as it pisses me off some days, it's the greatest thing ever because team meetings mm-hmm. are on Zoom. And that might be like the way the future's going. So team meetings have been happening ev- probably every day. Right. I know for a fact teams already have game plans and, and matchups already set for the playoffs. So mm-hmm. it's insane that usually you have like three days, you, the, your matchups set and you have like max a week to get ready. And then say you go seven games, uh, both series you go seven games, you have like a two-day turnaround to get ready for the next team. This is like bowl season. It's like regular season ended. Now you have a month to get ready. Like Carolina has a month to get ready for the Rangers. So. Yeah. It's interesting that you brought that up because Carolina in particular was one of the, and maybe the, the only team, or maybe it was one of two teams. to. Vote there were two teams that voted no. One of them was Carolina. So Carolina. Just came out about that meeting. Um, some said that it was heated. Um, Specifically, Jordan Martinook said, you know, guys were passionate, but eventually at the end of the meeting, it was like, okay, we'll take the vote. Everyone's done arguing. 
the Hurricanes representatives said their piece about, well, you know, we feel like we've earned a better matchup than having to try to play into the playoffs at this point against a very hot Rangers team who was right on the cusp on the way up. And if they feel like they're getting a, like a tough draw out of that, which understood, and they, they have the right to vote against it, and they did. But the good thing about hockey teams and hockey players is as soon as the meeting ended and the vote was done, it was snap. No more feeling bad for yourself that you got the wrong team. It's more about preparing for the Rangers, which I think yep, is and it's And it's not – I don't want to say it's like camaraderie. I mean, it is, but it's the the respect that hockey players have for each other. Like – the doors open from the closed door meeting and it's okay. I respect you, but you know, we're going to, it's going to be a physical matchup regardless of who we play. And at the end of the uh -huh. day, shake hands. So, um, God, I love hockey. I know. And you see it like guys who play against each other in the summer who play on the same team in the Olympics and the other team, I mean, same team at home, other team in the Olympics and they become enemies for the game. And then friends again, it's just, it's that switch that hockey players have that not a lot yeah. of people have. So for people that haven't uh, been paying attention, do you want to explain the playoff format? Because obviously we've talked about matchups a little bit. They might not even know what we're talking about. I would love to, Matt. So from what I understand about the playoff, before I get into some quotes from this article, is 24 teams – are going to play past the regular season, which is already ended. So when the NHL comes back, 24 teams will be eligible to make the playoffs. After preliminary rounds, it's going to be a normal playoff, seven-game series. That's it. What it sounds like right now is a round-robin tournament for the top four teams in each conference. They will play each other and decide seeding tiebreakers for that round-robin, which I'm sure there'll be a lot of ties because round-robins are typically three, four games tiebreaker will be board percentage, which is how the standings are, have been switched to now because everybody has a different amount of games played. Yeah, which I like. To make those up. So the bulk of each um, conference, eight teams, the eight lower teams, will play each other for the extra spots remaining. So basically four teams from each conference will lose. And the way that that's done is uh, similar to the playoffs. It's a seeding based on point percentage. First plays last, one plays eight, two plays seven. Just like that, the way the NBA playoffs work or like other tournaments, you know, like that. Those will be five game series and they play it out until there's a winner. And to me, it sounds pretty good. They'll be played in two hub cities. It's unclear right now whether the split is between East and West. That's originally what I heard, but I'm also hearing that the East might play at a Western arena and the West, who knows how it's going to work. Which we'll but get either way, it's later. Two but, different cities. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get into that later. But let me just try to get into this article right now and read off some of the – there's no set date. Two hub cities. Teams are limited to 50 personnel at their arena. Um, okay. Here are the matchups as we have it right now. We're going to get into preview for this next week or the week after, whenever we come back yeah, for a new show. It's going to be a two-hour preview show. So we, Yeah, next week will probably be longer that. than this one. But. Yeah, we're going to save that for an episode of its own. So here is the play-in round as of now. East, number five, plays number 12, Canadians, Hurricanes, Rangers, 
Islanders, Panthers, Leafs, Jackets. And in the West, Oilers, Blackhawks, Preds, Coyotes, Canucks, Wild, Flames, Jets. So um, I want to point out we said there is no way at the beginning of the season, there's absolutely 100% no way the Blue Jackets make the playoffs. And it had to be a global pandemic shutdown for them to make the playoffs. And they did. Uh, Yeah. So here's this last blurb. And this article is pretty recent. Batman also announced that the league has not yet decided if it will be a bracket format or determined by seeding following the open round opening round of the play-in series. The first round will be at best of five series format, while the second round will transition to a best of seven series. Conference and Stanley Cup finals will also be best of seven. Now, so that has been announced. It will be seeding, not bracket. Okay, so, oh. so, okay. So one, after the one through four play each other in round robin, you already said that. Um, if there's a tie after four, um, or the round robin games, it goes to points percentage. What I want to point out is that the top four, that round robin is regular season rules, which I think is insane and electric because say the Bruins and the Caps are the last game to decide the one seed. It goes to a shootout. Unbelievable. Oh man. Okay. Second of all, yeah. Second of all, um, I like the fact that it's seeding because you the t- the top four teams could lose on purpose to get the the better matchup. So, say the Capitals are the third seed right now. Say they end up after the round robin the third seed, we would get Carolina in a bracket style. But say the Rangers upset them, it's not that simple, right? So. Mm. I like the seating. It's it's kind of like the NFL. Yeah, but who knows the timing of all this? You know, it might all be at the same time. So yeah, so um, yeah, the top four in the East are Bruins, Tampa, Capitals, and the Flyers. Flyers is kind of shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, top four in the West. They barely snuck in. Yeah, the Blues, the Avalanche, the Knights, and the Stars. Um, little tidbit: the of uh, the Knights winning their division. Um, I thought that was cool. I think that was their first division title, like in franchise. Oh, yeah. I guess it must have been. I think they were second both other years. Um, And then the Capitals winning five straight years, first time ever. Mm -hmm. Yep, good for you. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah, we win the, the, like, toughest division five years in a row. We only have one cup to show for, but whatever. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and yeah. then, well, you only have one Western Conference Finals to show for it, right? Eastern maybe Conference, two. but yeah. Eastern Conference, geez. Um, Tough look for a guy in a hockey park. The play-in round is five games. You already said that, but that's overtime rules. So mm-hmm. that's so playoff rules. Or playoff continuous rules, overtime, yeah. Continuous overtime. But I do think it's going to be electric if the final seeding games come down to shootout. Mm-hmm. So I know. So yeah, those eight teams get cut down to four immediately after the five game series, and then you have that's tough. Yeah, I also want to point out that me and you have cried and moaned about going back to the old one place eight, two place seven, and we kind of got that. Now Uh, they're doing it. 
but in a way, the world, in a way. the world had to shut down for us to get that. So be careful what you wish for. <laughs> I guess that's true. Well, there's some positives that come out of the outbreak. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm pumped for this. I wish we could do this every year. Yeah. Not the pandemic, Maybe they will. but Maybe the, they will. this format. And people are talking about, like, the MLB is discussing having a new playoff this year that they'll have going forward. This is a time to change things. So hopefully Gary Bettman can take a look at that and say, well, this might be the fairest way to do it. And so, hold up. Hockey, yeah. I, I, keep, I feel like I keep repeating myself, but we've been off for three months. Hockey is the sport that has the most parity when it comes to – I mean, back-to-backs rarely happen. Um, so, with this 2014 playoff, like the Rangers are the 11th seed, they could win it all. I mean, we could see a team that wasn't supposed to be in the playoffs win this whole thing. So, I'm glad you said that, Matt, because I wanted to get your thoughts on this. This is probably the main topic of conversation right now, other than logistics and stuff with the NHL, and that is okay. the team that wins the Cup if they were not in the top 16, will they have earned it? Yeah. Yeah. I think without a doubt, some people are saying uh, you wouldn't have made the playoffs. Like like what you just said, the Blue Jackets wouldn't have made it, but they're in. Um, I think, and this is what Gary Bettman said on an Instagram takeover that he had, a team that wins 16 games in Jan- in the summer, that team earns the cup. It doesn't matter if they were last in the league when it came in. If the Detroit Red Wings somehow came into this playoffs and they won 16 games, I would say that's the champion without a doubt, undisputed. The NHL playoffs is, I'm I'm biased, the hardest, the Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy in all of sports to win, other, Mm -hmm. other than the World Cup. But, so if you win 16 games in the grueling NHL playoff schedule, you deserve it. There's no asterisks. There's no what if. Yeah, agreed. Because yeah, I don't you have care to if you're not the best to be the best. So, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So the I can't. Blue Jackets I win. Agree. They're the Stanley Cup champs, and there shouldn't be any questions. See, here's the thing that I'm so like. PGA Tour. I'm a big golf fan. You know this. I talk about this all the time on the pod. Yeah. Golf came back with like a semi-important there's a lot of stars but also it's not the end of the world if you play bad at colonial and fort worth this to put it in golf terms it's like the nhl comes back and two majors are being played at the same time and there's all this stuff to watch and like you don't know where to focus your attention it was golf it was quiet there was no one there you just watch you enjoyed it hockey is going to be like a shock when it comes back and it comes back in more quantity than we've ever seen. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to watch every game. Because you come back after not playing a game in almost three months. At that point, it will be over three months. It'll be like five. Yeah. You come back and you're playing the most important game, some people in their career, and it's the first time you see the ice in competition since March. Another thing to point out with this long layoff is that a lot of the times, the healthiest team in the playoffs wins it. Everybody's healthy. Mm-hmm. So getting the highest quality hockey possible because they get a full training camp before and there's mm-hmm. a 
round with the round robin in the play-in. I mean, right. it's unbelievable how how good this hockey is going to be. I can't wait. So here's another thing. We didn't have this in the script, but I just thought of it now. Okay. The hottest debate, and I brought up a debate before, but it seems like there's a unanimous answer on that one. Crowd noise. A lot of people are saying that they want to pump in artificial crowd noise to make it like a real game. How do you stand on that? I feel like that's weird. Um, it's weird when you watch a soccer game because the stadiums are empty. You can hear players calling for passes. Um, hockey, you're going to hear every check. Ev- I mean, you're going to hear every swear in the books, too. I say mic up the players and put it on pay per view. Because yeah, me too. Now it's going to be awesome, but I don't know. I don't know about the crowd noise. The other thing is, my dad was saying that they should somehow sell tickets or whatever. But I think you can't let anyone close to the arena because with two hub cities like Vegas is one of them. I I spoiled the later end of the script, but Vegas fans are going to be there regardless. Like even if they can't get in the stadium. They're going to be there, and that's already a, a, like a mental advantage. Mm. Players are going to leave their hotel, and the Vegas fans are going to be, like, rocking the bus or whatever. Like, that's mm-hmm. a mental advantage of, of this hub city that that's people a good are point. thinking about. Yeah, that's a good point. And, yeah, I, I don't know what cities are being considered where the team is not involved, but of the other cities that I know are being considered, like you mentioned Vegas, and we can get into this right now. Toronto is the other favorite, but there's some logistics they have to work out with that with the Canadian government. But I also heard Boston, Tampa, Nashville, Arizona, all of those teams are in this program, or however you want to call it. All the teams are still alive. Yeah. So I don't know if there's any way to avoid that. Crowd noise – there's something special about the NHL playoffs. Obviously, not having the crowd is going to be a huge, like, Weird. yeah. it's it's disappointing. But, it I don't know. I, I, I say not pumping crowd noise is, like, it's a level playing field. Every, everybody has to deal with the awkwardness of you can hear every check, you can hear every puck, you're, you're hearing um, – the other teams call out their passes, setting up plays at the blue line. I mean, it's just – it's a hurdle that's going to have to be faced when when that time comes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I guess, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Either way, I'm obviously going to enjoy it. I just think I want to hear the sounds of the game. Like, when I go watch my brother play I, or when I see a high school team play, it's the same exact thing. I want to hear that. I think it would be really cool for me to see something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I while I'm a UFC fan, um, getting to hear the coaches like call out uh, combinations and, and game plans. That's, that's cool to me because that mm-hmm. you get, you're getting to see all the work they put in, in the gym um, right. play out. So yeah, we'll see. Um Definitely goal sounds, goal, goal songs, mm-hmm. maybe crowd noise when a team scores just to keep it electric, but yeah. like crowd noise like during be, the game. 
I just feel like it'll be too forced. All that other stuff, I think, is fair game. You play the the song and everything, and we can all enjoy it from home. But yeah. I feel like just canned crowd noise is going to seem so. Yeah, constant noise too is going to be kind of distracting to the viewer, especially. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to hear Doc Emmerich. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Also, mic'd up Wes McCauley the entire game. Yeah, I, I push for that. Yeah, me too. Me too. So we mentioned the hub cities. We'll get into it a little more. Toronto is the other favorite other than Vegas. Vegas seems like it's not officially announced, but it's pretty much that's the case. Yeah. That it'll be there. The front runner for the second hub city in the East is Toronto. Um, Right now there's a mandatory 14 day quarantine for any people coming from the United States. So they would have to get past that unless they send people up two weeks early and they can't practice, but there's no way that that would happen. So they would need an exception from the Canadian government. But if they're smart, obviously they'll, <laughs> they'll let that happen. Yeah. I, you would think that if anything's going to get a pass when it comes to the Canadian government, it's, it's hockey. It's hockey. It's hockey. Yeah, I agree. So I yeah. think as of now, the way that it would work is, I guess they could split it east and west or they could split it by the round robins are at one place and the um, preliminary round is at another. All I saw today was there was a rumor that the Rangers, it was a New York, maybe it was New York Post or something based in New York, but it was only about the New York teams. And it said, rumor has it that the Islanders and Rangers will be playing their first games in Vegas. Mm. Which to me doesn't make a lot of sense. You'd think they'd be going to Toronto. Maybe it's so fans can't travel. Hmm. Maybe that's a good point. That's a good point. Here's another point my dad brought up. If the Western conference is in Vegas, Vegas gets to stay at home with their families while the other teams have to shack up. So Hmm. it would make sense that Eastern conference goes to Vegas. Yeah, it would, I guess. Yeah. That would eliminate that as well. Doesn't make sense. What are you drinking? Who knows? Just propel. Grape? Yep. No way. Look at that. I want to save wavelength. Always, always in season. sync. Yep. Yeah. So we got one I, I push for that. I push yeah, for cross-conference hub cities. The last thing we have here is roster expansion. So this seemed like a given a while ago. Who knows now? But – Basically, the idea is that more teams, more players will be brought up and ready in quarantine, practicing. And that would be so that if a player does test positive and it hasn't spread through too much of the team, then he could just sub in. I'm hoping and praying that that's not the case because you brought it up that as we were talking before this. Like, what if Alex Ovechkin and Brayden Holtby get it like before game five? And what do you do for the last three games? You don't have a shot. Well, I guess. Yeah. So I think um, keeping the players together and testing every day, the issue is you have to like, the players are grounded essentially. Like if my team Vegas is open, half the casinos in Vegas are open. If Mm -hmm. I'm Sovechkin, I'm going to play. (laughs) If I just won, if if we're up three nothing 
in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know what? I might go downstairs and drink some champagne and and throw some money at the roulette wheel. But you're going to have to keep that cut off. I mean, players are going to have to play cards in their rooms for th- a month. Right, and they can't hang out with anyone on another team either. Yeah. Team. Well, who knows about I that. I mean, they but, could yeah. if every team's doing it. But the, it's going to be a lot of work, a lot of manpower to make sure that it's it's a closed uh, – the teams are closed off from outside world so that this doesn't – our scenario doesn't happen. Because if Alex Ovechkin gets it game five of the Stanley Cup finals and he gives it to Holpe, there's not a chance, right? So it's, right. it's kind of like a player getting injured, only it's a contagious injury. So not to keep bringing up golf, but P- the PGA Tour does a lot of these anonymous surveys with their players and caddies. And a lot of people said at the end of this week that they were not as adherent to the uh, restrictions for COVID that they should have been or that they were told to be. Like they were going out to dinner in town and stuff like that. It was in Texas, so it's opened up more than it is in our parts of the country. Yeah. So – this it sounds like with hockey because there is less availability in game for you to social distance and for you to be careful. Uh, it sounds like they're going to have to be very strict off ice in order for that to be possible. I think golf, if one player tests positive, more more likely than not, he's the only one, at least who spread it himself. Maybe to his caddy, and beyond to like a couple more players. But the PGA Tour can continue even if five six guys get it nhl it feels like if one of them gets it then three guys on the team have it just because there's no it's unavoidable there's no way to to shelter against that and if that's the case then it could quickly end the season which would be devastating yeah so it was kind of like the the rudy gobert situation that Mm -hmm. all of this chaos was rudy it's a team sport so he tested positive so you have to test everyone in the locker room and the past five games they've played and every place he's been like, whereas PGA, the caddies are, are wiping down the, the flag poles and, and they're automatically social distancing because players aren't mm-hmm. golfers aren't on top of each other on the tee box. Right. Like, you can put those regulations in because it's an individual sport. Whereas hockey, you got 20 guys crammed on a bench I mean, I'm if I'm if I have corona and I'm pushing you up against the boards, or if say Marshan gets it, he's gonna lick everybody again. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's a that's a petty example, but it's. it's but you're right. If someone yeah. has you pinned up against the boards, I mean they're gonna have to wear they're gonna have to make mask mandatory. I mean, there's a lot of of, of hurdles that have to be jumped before we even get to phase three. Right, right. So I guess we'll just have to see on that. But you're right in, in that there's only so much that the NHL control can control because yeah. of the nature of the game. So they're going to have to control the things that they can way better than a sport like golf has to. So yeah, I guess that's it. I guess that's it on that. You got anything else, Matt? No, I'm excited that we're back. Um, either 
or the week after we're going to do uh I'm, i just blanked on the word preview preview um matchup that we're going to do a episode that we're going to break down every matchup going into the playoffs which is going to be awesome because we finally finally get playoff Connor McDavid and I want to we need to here's while we have the viewers we need to talk about I'll pull it up the awards that have already been handed out Mm. Um, yeah it's a good time for that I don't even know why we didn't put this on the script so these are the awards that are solely based on stats. The voting obviously will happen at the end of the season, but for example, the Rocket Richard, the Jennings Trophy, which is the best defensive pair based on total goals allowed, I think it is, or maybe it's save percentage or goals per game. Either way, it's the best goaltending tandem. Yeah. Um, those type of awards are the ones that have already been awarded because the regular season's over. Yep, it's uh, goals against average per game, I, I believe, which yeah. uh, Laner and Grice had last year. So and this year it was Tuca and Yarlock for yep. the Bruins. Yep. Um, Rocket Richard is a tie between our our guys. I know. Uh, and it, so it's David Pasternak and Alex Ovechkin. Uh, Pasta getting his first. Good for him. I'm happy for him. He played lights out this year. This obviously deserves some hardware. Um, and then Alex Ovechkin getting his ninth, which is extends his lead for most all time. If you haven't had him, at least in the argument for greatest goal scorer of all time, it's undeniable now. He, It's him and Gretzky, and I don't think anyone else in the conversation. Yeah. Um, I have him as greatest all time because he's done it. He's led the league in scoring more than anyone else. Um, in the era where it's harder to score now than it's ever been. Right. Ads are bigger, goals are smaller. Um, the R. Ross goes to Leon Dreisaitl with 110 points in a shortened season. That is unbelievable. Uh, my heart trophy winner. Me and too. And the best player on his team. That's unbelievable. So, <laughs> yeah. like I was that saying, so we finally get playoff Connor McDavid, which is going to – Connor McDavid's going to hit a level that we've never seen him hit before. And he has to, he has to do it against Patty Kane and the Hawks who were hot before the break. So, I mean, we have so many electric matchups, but I think dry is the, is the clear choice for the, the Hart trophy winner. Um, yeah. You said it. Uh, McDavid might, who knows, maybe August, September, October, November, December, Connor McDavid is the greatest hockey player there's ever been. We don't know. He's never played in the playoffs. Yeah. What I do know is that before he was drafted or as he was drafted, he's playing in the finals of the OHL, I believe it was. Um, and his he scored five goals in like a six to four win. He was the most dominant player on the ice by five, like times five. It was unbelievable there's no way you could ever look at anybody else on the ice because you're always watching him and it's the type of guy where if none of the players had numbers on or any weren't wearing different color jerseys you'd know exactly who he was from the second he stepped on yeah and that that's the only time i've ever seen him play in a game that is significantly more important than all the rest and he was unbelievable in it so 
I mean, we drool over McDavid a lot on our podcast. Yeah, we do. We should probably tone it down, but yeah. I mean, he it's insane that he gets so much credit and it still feels like it's not enough credit for how good of a hockey player he is. Right. Um, do you wanna you wanna give our guesses that the regular season's over? Do you wanna give our guesses on um who's gonna win the awards? Like Hart Trophy is I think it's dry I don't think there's really an argument. Um, People are saying that Panarin is up there now. McDavid. Oh my! I don't think Panarin's a finalist because Rangers fans were super mad about it. Yeah, but you're right. I don't think there's a, any question. Let's see. Um. No, that's 2018. I was like Taylor Hall. What? Why is Google not? I think it was yeah. – oh, I think it was Dreisaitl, Pasta, and McKinnon, I think, were the three. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, it, that's interesting. Vesna, I But, yeah, I don't think there's any. Vesna, I have to go with Tuca. I do, too, and it's funny. I was talking to my brother Danny about this. He's a goalie, so he knows it better than I do. And – we were saying that the NHL.com writers vote every single week or maybe, you know, the trophy trackers that they post on Instagram. Yep. For the entire year, Vasilevsky has been miles ahead of Tuka Rask and including, I'm pretty sure until the last one. And then recently they came back with a, upon return, who's the best goal in the NHL. And it was Tuka Rask by like 150 votes. And it wasn't even close. So, I mean, NHL.com writers are not the ones that, um, NHL.com. If you're like me, me, you can hire Christian and I as writers. <laughs> if we got a writer's uh, I don't know what we do with it. But. Yeah, I think, I think it, it's too good. I think it was Darcy Kemper for me until he got hurt. But mm-hmm. uh, a, a healthy yeah. Darcy Kemper in the playoffs is going to be electric for Arizona. You're right. Um, the Calder Trophy. This is me and you were really high on Cal McCarr to start the season. But I, I think uh, Quinn Hughes has overtaken him. Yeah, I think so too. And Lacar had some injuries in the middle of the season. I think his knee looked a little bit bad. That's not to say he didn't have an incredible season. He did. But you're right, Quinn Hughes snuck up on him. Yeah, I think Quinn Hughes was playing a lot better hockey when, when the season got cut short. Um, are we? Is there any argument on the Norris? There is, and I wanted to bring this up with you. Um, I'm going to pull up the odds right now. But we talked about how Carlson was totally in the driver's seat with this from the beginning of the season. And as I look at the odds right now, Roman Yossi is almost exactly the same as him. And Victor Hedman has basically dropped off from the beginning of the season. It's showing the odds as the season went on. Carlson, at one point, it was not even close. He was a minus 2,000 to win it. So That's ridiculous. But at this point, at this point, Roman Yossi is a plus 500, and John Carlson is a minus 600. Okay, minus 600 is still so a – he's still, the, he's still the pretty good favorite. Um, I th- one factor I want to point out is that the Caps won their division, and they are – 
they're do- I mean, they kind of dominated their division. Um, it got tight until the end. I think that'll play a factor into Carlson winning the Norris because UFC obviously had a fantastic year, but the Preds weren't anything special. I'm still with you. I'm still with you. The only thing that I've heard, and like I said, I, John Carlson, I think, is the winner. On Spit and Chicklet, two out of the three of the guys picked Yossi as the winner. And their reasoning was on his team, he had the most minutes, the best plus minus, and led the team in scoring on a team that tread water the entire year and was able to sneak in. I think they were right on the line. So I don't know if it was actually because of the COVID um, changes, but either way, they tread water the entire year along the playoff line. And they think that he had more of a, a contributing whatever. He was more of a contributing factor in their playoff push than the Capitals and Carlson. Okay, well, Carlson led the team in assists on a team that has Nicholas Backstrom, Danny yeah. Kuznetsov, <laughs> Jacob Ra- I mean, it's true. It's true. I, I'm biased, clearly, but yeah. we've talked about Carlson winning it all year, and I, I don't think it's any different. So, yeah, here's the odds as they stand. Carlson is minus 600. Yossi is plus 500. And Hedman is plus 600. Now, odds aren't everything, but it seems like at least those three will be the finalists. Uh, and the, do you think anyone other than Connor McDavid wins the Ted Lindsay? That's the voted one? Yeah. I know. Yeah, I think it's him. And that's not MVP. That's best player in the league, right? No, it's um, it's like most respected player. I mean, it's kind of like the the league's MVP that's voted on by in a way, but it's typically given to the best player in the league, which is McDavid. Right, and it, it was Crosby for a while. Like Crosby won has a lot of them. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. I think I think that's basically the the gist of it is based on reputation, how difficult it is to play against him. I think McDavid's a shoe-in. I watched a YouTube video, and it was like, if you could take another player's skill and, like, add it to your arsenal, what would it be? And I think 98% of the answers were McDavid's speed. Yeah. Uh, Hart Trophy, we already talked about that. So we don't even need to go into that anymore. But I, I did want to bring that up since a couple of them have obviously already been announced since the regular season's over. Right. Um, and of course, the President's Trophy goes to my Bruins. Yeah. Yeah. Which the President's Trophy curse, isn't that still a thing? Mm. I think it went away when they changed the playoffs. Mm. So now it doesn't exist anymore. All right. Fair enough. Anything else? I don't think so. I think that's all we got. Word. It was great to be back with you, Matt. I can't wait to do the next episode. Uh, hopefully everyone's watching on YouTube and if not listening, um, excited to be back. I'm excited uh, just to be talking to you, let alone doing our podcast again and bigger and better things are coming for our podcast. Putting this on YouTube alone is, is huge for our podcast and I'm excited to see what's next. So, yep, Can't wait. And that's all I have to say about that. All right. Well, we'll see you in a couple weeks.
And big king size episode coming for the fans. Can't wait. Peace. All right. Peace.